welcome back to another episode of In-Depth. My name is Luke Hardacre and I'm a surf coach at Ombi. If you're new to Ombi, we take a look at surfing from the perspective of ocean, mind, body, equipment. In this podcast, it's all about straight to the point tips, things that you can take away and implement into your surfing or things that change the way you view your surfing. However, this week's episode is very different. This is a community highlight. This is my interview with Melissa Keppers from the Ombi community. Now, Melissa reached out to me with this crazy story that I kind of perked up at and I was like, whoa, like what is going on here? This is an amazing story. I need to find out more. Melissa did not grow up surfing. She's originally from Belgium. She found her way into surfing in her 20s and fell in love with it. But there's a bit of a big twist to this. She didn't just fall in love with surfing. She fell in love with big wave surfing and learning to navigate the lineup of big waves very early on. Her experience in surfing doesn't go back 20 years, 15 years, like a lot of other people. And her introduction to big wave surfing came surfing Puerto Escondido, commonly nicknamed Mexican Pipeline. And it also came at about three to six months into her surfing journey. So it's a crazy story and how she's learned to now charge big waves to use that to also work on her regular surfing, what most people surf day to day and how she finds fun in this. And it also goes into a lot of fear, breathing, this whole journey and also how difficult it can be as a woman navigating the lineup, especially big waves. She's got a hell of an attitude and it's amazing to hear someone to just go and take this on, to have like no holds bar back kind of attitude to it. And if you're looking for takeaways instead of just a really exciting story, Melissa also goes into what she does during a wipeout, which is stuff that we've considered and called roller coaster and how you navigate that and how what you're doing during a wipeout can burn your energy and oxygen. So it's a really interesting listen, especially for women who find it frustrating or for people who want to get into big wave surfing and think that they have to have all these boxes ticked to learn. And the main thing is really just having attitude and a go and trying. So here it is, my interview with Melissa. I hope you enjoy it. Sorry, I was on mute. <laughs> no, that's, that's fine. I've been playing <laughs> run around all this morning. I was sitting on another meeting being like, I'm in the right meeting. And then uh, I got all these notifications on my desk and I was like, I'm in the wrong meeting. I need to jump quickly. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, really good. Thanks for making the time. I feel like this has been um, maybe about three or four months in the works trying to meet up with you on my uh, end. Yeah, thank you for taking the time to listen anyway. You know, I was not in a hurry to tell it anyway. <laughs> No, no. Well, it's very, it's a very interesting story, and that's why I wanted to talk about. It. So, yeah, thanks for taking the time. How, how is it in Oz at the moment? You are mid north coast of New South Wales, right? Yes. At the moment, we are living in the northern beaches of Coast Harbour, so Muni oh, Beach. Oh, nice. That's so, a beautiful part yeah, of the world. It's beautiful. How's the yeah, surf? It's so there? beautiful. Well, I've been surfing almost every day since we moved up here so it's been pretty good oh that sounds like bliss and apparently they reckon there is going to be a four meter swell as of next week from wednesday on but yeah it's probably going to be half the size and a day late as usual but they might be right (laughs) okay hopefully (laughs) it would be nice (laughs) So that feels like a good point to get into, I guess, your story that you, you sent little bits to me and I've kind of poked and prodded and got a, a good chunk of the story out. It's really interesting. Do you want to elaborate on how you got into surfing and how you ended up surfing big waves? Yes. So I grew up inland in Belgium and 
Belgium isn't landlocked, but I was where I grew up. I was about living about one hour at least without traffic from the ocean. And I wouldn't be a good surfer anyway if I would have lived closer to the ocean because Belgium is, it doesn't get any good swell because England is too close. It pretty much blocks all the swell from the north of France, all of Belgium and the south of the Netherlands. So yeah, not much opportunities for me up until I was old enough to get my license to go to the ocean, mm. except then the one week a year holiday where we went to a beach destination. But we always went to a yeah, flat pancake ocean one, like the Mediterranean Sea or something like that, because my mom never learned how to swim. And I don't think she liked it, but she did pay for our swimming lessons. And I got good at it pretty fast but I was in the safety of a swimming pool. So how I got into surfing is quite a funny story, actually. I think I think I was about 22 years old and I went on my first surf camp. And up until then, surfing was something like out of the movies for me, you know. It looked too slippery to be real, to be able to stand on water. Of course, I had never heard of wax. Like, I couldn't visualize it being real. Like, that's how I grew up. Anyway, so I drove up to the south of France with a friend of mine. And we did a typical one week, big for me, whitewash fun, you know, stand up in whitewash. And I mean, I immediately fell in love with floating water and the lifestyle around it. But I had to go back to Belgium because I was studying for a bachelor's degree. And then I think for about three years, I looked forward to surfing in summer and I surfed. I mean, if you can call it surfing, it's just like, you know, mm. summer waves in France. It's just onshore floppy, shoppy things. Anyway, in my head, it was surfing. There's, <laughs> so, there's a lot of people that I, live for that and that's their only option. So I don't know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so then I flew to Bali and I remember it being the first time I saw some real proper waves. And then I remember thinking how I could start living a life like that. And I mean, that took me a couple of months and luck was by my side because the semester after that summer, I would go on an internship abroad for my bachelor's degree so I looked and looked for a destination where I could make those vibes and surfing every day in my lifestyle and what you have to know I was also a super keen rock climber free diver mm. and scuba diver back then and somehow I ended up in Puerto Escondido in Mexico yep um Yes, yeah, since I didn't grow up in a typical surf family and uh, environment, as you can find over here, I mm. never got taught how to read waves properly, and I barely had any ocean knowledge. So, yeah, <laughs> and all I knew was what I learned on those surf camps, but that's clearly not enough to surf Mexican pipeline. And yeah, <laughs> so the less you know the better in those situations. And when I arrived in March, it was still super small, like fairy size baby waves. So perfect to learn on for about two or three months. But then the rainy season came about and so the bigger waves. And at first they were regular big, like head high, a little bit over head high, sometimes double overhead. And I always pedaled out in La Punta since that was easiest to get out. But what you have to know, I always pedaled out in all the swells, like small, big, all the mm. winds, and even when it's flat, because 
I just wanted to go for a pedal because I felt like I had no time to lose because I already missed out on 20 years of practice and I was only going to be there for four months. So I was like, I'm not sitting around for the perfect vibes to come because I'm only here for these months. So, so yeah, that definitely helped with <laughs> getting you kind of just took fast. whatever was there i mean i completely understand that's something we talk about at ombi just surf whatever you've got and it'll give you more awareness and experience in different conditions and highlight what you're going through so yes 100 at that point as a fair to say a beginner you've yes. jumped into head high waves which most beginners are already at this point going that's too big for me this then yes. steps up. I know, I know where this story is going, but at a head high, what were you thinking? Were you totally calm? Were you just, let's go for it, this is fun? Well, I mean, I was, I never felt scared because I was an experienced rock climber and I know that's nothing to do with the ocean. Mm. But I did multi-pitches in the French Alps and stuff and all over the world where we leave at sunrise and come back at sunset. And we climbed multiple ropes up until 500 meter high, but we drive up and then you're hanging on the wall, eating on the wall, peeing on the wall. And you're just like <laughs> seeing all those houses super tiny and you're up there all day. It's just this tiny little human on the multi-pitch. So my perspective of what's big definitely changed. And so definitely head high wave didn't feel big for me, if that makes mm. sense. <laughs> no, that makes that makes sense. I think there's a you've had an exposure to different adrenaline and fear and what you've become comfortable with in your comfort zone has changed to what the average person would probably be exposed to. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. And on top of that, I follow a freediving apnea course and there we learned lots of breathing exercises and I could hold my breath up to three minutes static Whoa. and the dynamic I went to, oh, I think it was about 25 meters deep on like 90 seconds. Mm. So I knew I could hold my breath because wipeout, which I got all the time, <laughs> takes maybe 10 seconds, 20 seconds. So I never felt short of breath. So I had, I wasn't scared, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, no, that makes sense. You've, you're equipped for the scenario. So let's jump forward a bit. You've, you've been surfing Puerto Escondido at head high. How does this then end up with you surfing Puerto Escondido kind of as big as it gets? So, or, or let me let us know the size that you're at. Well, surfing, like properly surfing was about probably head high, but I did pedal out and surf that. I mean, most people wouldn't surf in it or get out in it when they like mm. surf for 20 odd years. And I mean, I did try, I pedaled out and I got out when I was lucky, but. I just took off and did some free falls. So I wouldn't call it surfing, you know what I mean? No, yeah, I know what you mean. But um, how big was that day? Uh, the, I mean, it's so hard. To... Estimate, you know, double overhead, triple overhead. What do we... Just Between double and triple, maybe a okay. bit more. So it's, but yeah, it's proper big. It was proper big. It so was the... proper big. <laughs> I'm just trying to put this in my head. You're on a foamy, right? after about three to four months no no actually actually straight away but uh five okay, across board i think and so, i never bought it for me <laughs> what was going through your head when you're sitting at a porto escondido somewhere give or take triple overhead double overhead somewhere in there and how was that wipeout you said you got one wave in oh. yeah or it's a big story. I'll just tell the full story if you want. Yeah, go for it. Um, so how did it start? So I think I just finished work and I was just working there on one minute walk from La Punta. 
and La Punta was busier than busy and was like full of hungry local surfers and I all wanted to serve those peeling lefts and what you have to know those locals over there are sometimes worse than a gold coast and I wasn't good at my backhand back then and I was talking <laughs> to some people coming in from the serve and they all said that the locals like the Mexican locals were always just taking it and taking it it was hard to get away so I was like oh just go for a walk along the beach and maybe I'll find something else so I went I walked to Zicatella and I saw how massive it was and I was like yeah no way I can never pedal out here. It's too big, so much whitewash. So then I kind of walked back a little bit and I was like, I want to get wet at least. I'm here with my surfboard and my springy on. Mm. And I thought I saw this little rip out to the back and I was like, oh, might as well get wet here. And oh, it took me ages to get out. Like, and always... When I almost made it, this monster set came through and like washed me back in. I was like, and I'm, I got stubborn. And I was like, I don't want to come in without having at least been able to out back. So I kept trying and kept trying. And somehow I got lucky and I made it out to the back. But then, yeah, I didn't take that massive sweep into consideration. So I almost made it back to Zicatella. And then I saw some humans, like some surfers, and I was like, oh, I'm going to pedal over to them. And this one Mexican recognized me and he was like, what are you doing out here? Like, how did you even get out? And I'm like half proud and half exhausted, like uh, probably after trying for more than an hour. <laughs> and then he, he really wanted me to pedal back in. I'm like, yeah, fair enough. He's like, people die out here every big swell i'm like yeah okay but let me try to catch at least one wave after my effort of getting out here and he kept looking at me with those big eyes and i was just catching my breath and i think i just floated around for 20 minutes maybe 30 minutes just behind like keeps mm. keeps behind for the race for being and then i was like oh i feel like i've got enough energy to pedal for a wave and then i pedal I see this set coming through and it didn't look as the biggest set as the ones I had been seeing and nobody was going for the first wave. I was like, oh, that's my voyage <laughs> with my zero knowledge. And I thought I heard a Mexican yelling, go, 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 go. And I was like, oh, I better make it a good, good one then. And apparently he was yelling, no, and no, and like yelling no but yeah mix up of accents he was mexican i'm from belgium the the ocean was quite loud mm. and then yeah the wife suddenly stands up and i mean it all went super fast i just remember this massive free fall and hitting the shallow ground and tumble on tumble and then oh. i was like oh what's happening and then i somehow landed on my fins so Ooh. it's super shallow there right it's like super shallow that's why it's so dangerous but anyhow so it was then my board fin side up and then me i was on my board and then the wave was on me but it just feels like this truck hitting you but it's so much water and then somehow the wave pulled back and i ran on the beach and i looked at the state of my board i was like oh shit and then I feel my body and it kind of felt like I went to this chiropractor that didn't know what he was doing. Yeah. I just like got cracked in like somebody wrong way. And then I look down, I see like this hole in my rib, but between my ribs where the fin where I hit the fin and the fin was gone. So yeah. <laughs> but anyhow, it's an early accident. But in the end, I am super happy that happened to me because while I was healing 
I took the time to go and sit on the beach because I mean I did try to pedal out again, but it was such a big wound. <sighs> and it was I was laying on my board and just ripping open and kept bleeding. I did yeah. not go to the hospital because was Mexico. I actually didn't trust. I probably should have, but you know, Mexico. So <laughs> so I was just taking the time to go and sit on the beach, which I normally never do. And then I just watched those big waves and those people surfing it. And I totally got hooked and impressed with people surfing those big laughs, big rides, those big tubes. And I really just learned a lot with just watching, if that makes sense. <laughs> no, that makes that makes perfect sense. You've had this experience, which by the sounds of it, you weren't shaken up by. And taking such a serious wipeout, most people would kind of probably be freaking out or shaking or kind of like, I'm done and walk away. And it sounds like you were on the beach kind of relaxed. Does that make sense? Yes, I was actually just laughing. With all that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for most people, that's an experience they don't laugh at. They kind of sit there go, <laughs> and I was just like, wow, oh, no. man, that's impressive. So, yeah, I know. I'm a bit special you, sometimes. <laughs> have you been back out at Puerto Escondido since? When it's been? Oh, yeah, when I was healed. Yeah. Like, straight away. I mean, I did pedal out after like two weeks or something, and it was like this beautiful little cover up of my wounds, but I totally ripped it open again. So I mm. kind of had to strap my ribs to be able to serve. <laughs> mm -hmm. But I did, I mean, by the time I was properly healed, I had to leave. But yeah. I am definitely, it's definitely on my to do list to go back there and properly serve it since now I can properly serve. Maybe not just yet, but in a couple yeah. of years. So fast forward a bit. You've now been surfing for how many years since this? Oh, that's about three years, I think. Three. So in three Something years, like... you're now surfing every day. Um, yes, almost and you're every surfing day. When... Big waves and big swells. Yes, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> for most people, that probably sounds just not possible. So I love this story. I love everything that you've been doing. This is, it's amazing. It's just great to hear that someone just goes for it. Cause most people, the thing holding them back is their fear. So at this point, how did you just keep progressing to bigger and bigger waves? And you've said there's a four meter swell coming. So I know you're going to be out there somewhere chasing it. How has this just progressed for your surfing? Well, what do you have to know? I was, taking my twin fin 5A out in like six foot waves and mm. was just getting those massive, massive speed bumps and just flying off and ripping out blocks because my board just couldn't handle it. And then I thought it was time to buy a gun. So last summer, I drove up to the Gold Coast and bought a rooster and it's a mm -hmm. hand-shaped semi-gun. I mean, it's a proper gun. It's like shaped like a gun. It's a seven eight. It's not a nine foot gun, but it's shaped like a gun and it pedals into all the waves. I took it out in double overhead waves and had the best waves on it. And yeah, definitely I improved so much since I bought the gun because mm. I can pedal in so much more waves. And I don't have these massive speed bumps anymore. And yeah. Yeah, you've got the right right job for the right um, right tool for the right job. Uh, is this Greg yes. Weber of Rooster Brand? Is this well? This, this, I bought it secondhand. About? Okay. I bought it secondhand from a guy. I think he's the one that I forgot his name, but he because he's he's very closely the, involved with Ombi. Um, and Clay, he's a absolute character of a of a man. Well, uh, he didn't hand shape it for me, but he hand shaped it for a guy for the Gold Coast that got too old and only surfed it twice. Mm. But it was shaped for big waves, and oh, I forgot his name, but it was in good condition. So, um, so something I think people will be interested to hear from your stories. You've done this survival apnea course. You've um handled a lot of pretty heavy situations how do you manage the fear and anxiety and the crowd 
in these bigger days? What are you personally doing or is it just kind of all blow over? So, I mean, I always had like a mindset that I don't want to wrap myself up in bubble wrap and live a safe life in fear. Like, mm. that's just my mindset. And I mean, it's a common thing my partner or my friends say to me that, I mean, that I don't think they have ever seen me like without bruises or scratches. And my partner, he's not surprised anymore if they ask him to check me on testicles and they always say I've got big hairy balls. <laughs> so, yeah. I think, I mean, I remember that first week surfing that big for me there in South France. The surf coach there, he immediately called me like kamikaze Mel. <laughs> I was straight away going for the bigger ones while everybody was just like playing in the little ones. I was trying to get out and trying to look for the rip. <laughs> yep. And just straight away just doing it. And I don't know, I've always just been drowned to it from the beginning, really. And I mean, I do think the rock climbing, the scuba diving, the ocean safety, going to the depth of the ocean and learning the different breathing techniques and all the meditations and being underwater so long learned me to control my mind. Mm. And I also like read a lot of books about breathing and then the importance of nasal breathing for recovery and yeah all of that just helps if that makes sense no it it does it's um i mean there's uh, you probably know more books than me but i've read a few on breathing and the james nestor book breath is an amazing introduction to anyone who wants to yes. understand yeah, yeah, breath that's, better and the that's nasal breathing uh ant and i both do the mouth taping from that um both our partners do it as well um, and that for me is a game changer, but staying on the surfing, no, it makes sense because it is, um, something I explained in a previous podcast is this concept of roller coaster where when you're wiping out and big is for you, one, one definition of the size of surf is big for you. And a definition of big for me is a different definition. And then size is all relative to the person of what's big and what's not. So when people surf big waves, I've always just been like, you've got to just let go and relax and focus on your breathing and, and count and find ways to just relax. And yeah, basically what you're saying is exactly that. It's just, you're not panicking. You're not, you're just letting these things happen and focusing on your breath and your mind to not panic. Cause when you start panicking, you start burning the oxygen and doing what you don't want to do. Yeah. And that's the worst you can do is panicking because then you'll burn more oxygen. You probably yeah. open your mouth and swallow water and you yeah. burn more energy because if, I mean, my trick, actually, that's probably a good one to tell. I mean, <laughs> it's probably a funny one. But anyway, so, you know, sometimes you pedal out and you cop a couple of big sets on the head and you get pushed under and I just sometimes just imagine that the ocean is so excited to see me. It gives you like a super big huggy squeeze. It hurts and it picks you up and tumbles you and throws you around. Mm. And then I'm like, Oh, good to see you too. <laughs> I keep going. <laughs> I just imagine something silly, you know, or yeah. sometimes when I'm like stuck on the bottom, because I, I mean, I'm that silly person that takes the first wife and then you have the rest after the waves after that first wave sometimes I'm stuck at the bottom for a bit and I just imagine that I'm scuba diving again and I'm just like relaxing on the bottom of, bottom of the ocean and looking at some fish even though I can't see fish but you know, mm. just imagine some fish just yeah use your imagination to calm your mind down you know yeah it's it's all about staying in the positive and the negative um one thing I've found is which I'm curious your view on this is the fear of the event happening is more terrifying than the actual event. So what I mean by that is a lot of surfers will be out there terrified of having a bad wipeout, but then when they have the wipeout and they relax, they're like, Oh, this actually isn't so bad. 
Do you find that to be true sometimes as well for yourself or other surfers that you know of? Uh, 100%. And, but I also, I, I know when I'm thinking I'm going to wipe out, that's when I'm wiping out. Like mm. you're just imagining it and then you're looking at the wrong spot and then you definitely wipe out. Mm. But then, especially on the East Coast of Australia, the wipeouts generally spoken are not so bad. I mean, it's not like Mexican pipeline or like Hawaiian pipeline where you can hit your head on the reef or something really gnarly can happen. So it's mostly in Australia, it's pretty easy. I mean, not easy, but it's not nice so dangerous. Yes, that's sand, it. <laughs> sand, sand and warm water goes a long way. Um, exactly. Um, I know we've done the opposite moves. I'm over in the UK. You've come from Belgium to Australia, but the uh, yeah, the <laughs> water makes such a difference. Oh, Just makes so everything good. a lot friendlier. Um, so, with your big wave surfing, how does that impact your regular surfing? So, what you know, people would generally surf head high and below. So, before I served big waves, I used to just. Sim- just enjoy like simply trim- trimming along the wave but after a couple of big waves I was like making so much speed I surfed straight to the end of the wave and the wave was over too soon so that's when I learned my first turns I was like oh I have to learn how to do cutbacks so my first ever cutback was on a well overhead wave and for me personally it was so much easier to learn it on a big wave because you've got more time if that makes sense and 100 <laughs> percent and yeah because of all the speeds i'm used to on bigger waves trimming along on smaller days didn't excite me as much anymore so now I'm definitely practicing to connect my bottom turn to the top turn and more cutbacks, more flow. And then, yeah, what I love about bigger waves is also it's less buzzy. I mean, it still gets buzzy, but it's not insanely crowded. So I can catch more waves and you can practice more. Because there have been so many sessions where I catch a wave, pedal back out, don't have to wait in a huge line so I can immediately catch another one. And it's, I mean, it's so good if you have the confidence to be able to pedal out in everything because it makes you improve so much faster. Mm. So if that makes I sense. I 100% <laughs> agree with everything you just said. The, the comment about surfing a bigger wave is exactly what Clay and I both talk about quite often that if you can calm yourself and relax in bigger waves you've got more space and time to do your turns and you've got more time to draw them out whereas a small wave you don't have space you know if the wave is only waist high you don't really have a lot of space to go up and back around yeah exactly. it becomes a lot harder but it's more comfortable and that's what people struggle with is that they're on these smaller waves but they can't do the maneuvers but then when they get on the bigger waves they're not comfortable a curious question do you have a longboard and do you surf tiny waves? Well, my partner has longboards. He has actually like seven longboards or something. So I sometimes borrow one of his longboards when it's like really small. I think I borrowed his longboard last weekend, actually. Yes. Nice. So do you enjoy it? I'm going to, I'm going to buy myself a longboard. Yeah. Maybe as of next year or somewhere or something. Because nice. I do enjoy it, and it's a total different style of surfing. I mean, it's easier to pedal in the wave, but to move it, it's totally different. Because it's it's just so different. It's so different. It's totally different. Yeah, it's. Completely. I do enjoy it, but I'm a complete beginner. <laughs> I mean, I can if I. But oh, I can go left if I grab, grab the rail and I can go right, but I can just trim along and it's just so different. I do enjoy it though. It's definitely on my to-do list to get better at. So something I know I'd be 
people, my partner and other people would be annoyed if I didn't ask, but being a woman in surfing isn't as easy as it should be. It should be better in the lineup. There should be much better acceptance and inclusivity in surfing. And I was curious as to what the challenges and frustrations you face, especially with the surfing that you do and how you can help other women in similar situations that want to either just surf what they surf or want to move up to bigger waves and want to feel that they're accepted in the lineup. So, yeah, it's, oh, it's, it's certainly like a combination of the fact that I've only started learning as an adult, as a female, and then also being like a small female. It's like almost no one, no one takes me serious. And so many times people, I've heard people say, if you start learning as an adult or as a female or something, you'll never be very good. And then besides learning as an adult, it's also first a frustration of people underestimating your and yeah, your abilities without, without even knowing your based on your size or based on being a female. And I mean, I can give you many examples of people saying, especially male actually on mm. my walkout to the bigger surf. It's, it's insane. <laughs> what do you end up doing? Do you just let your surfing do the, the talking where you just paddle out and take big waves and say stuff you? Uh, <laughs> so basically I just paddle out and but the, oh, I'll tell you a bad example. So I pedaled out and it was pretty big surf and I had a good wave, like all the way from Flaggies to the Breakwall at Towns Beach and Port Macquarie. And I come back and do the walk around because it's three pushes to an ollie to pedal back. So I just take a wave and walk around. And this bloke comes up to me and he's like, yeah, you got lucky this time. I wouldn't try again if I was you. And I'm like, yeah. Um, I can make my own decisions thank you <laughs> and yeah it's or sometimes people say I'm like going to die out there and like then I just answer like oh, it's the Australian east coast it's not that gnarly and I mean it's okay to look at big waves and think that's madness and then I'm like but for me it's worth it I love mm. the sessions and yeah, it's no joke out there sometimes, but for me, the risk is worth reward. And sometimes when people say it, I just look at them and just walk on and I'm just, or just shake my head. And sometimes when I feel like it, I'll just have a conversation with them. Most mm. of the time, I'm just like, want to hit my board on their face and go on, but I haven't done that. Yeah. <laughs> is, there, is there positivity in the lineup for you? With some of the guys, I know I'm growing up East Coast Australia. It can be, it, I mean, surfing is not a team sport. It's not the most friendliest of places. But is there people that feel accepting and welcoming and share waves with you, call you into waves? Or oh, one hundred percent. I mean, it's a combination. Some people out there really like push me through in doing it because I came and pedal up to me and they're like, "Oh, where are you from? I heard your accent." Oh, there is no serving Belgium. How long have you been surfing for? Oh, this is a good wave. You'll go for it. And it's actually one of my first unbroken waves here in Australia was because a local just said, oh, go over there, but it's right. You can have it. And then they also, when I was spelling out a little trend thing, they're like, you might have to invest in a bigger board like me because it's very hard on a board like yours to build these big waves. <laughs> mm. And it's definitely, there are lots of good people out there that like share waves and yeah. I Do mean, you have yeah, a, it's a crew 50, that you 50. go looking for big waves with kind of the same faces every time? Well, I had a crew in Port Macquarie, but yeah, now we only recently moved up here last month. But my partner and I are looking into buying a jet ski and then he would tell me in and then he has some mates here and hopefully 
I mean, always when I pedal out here, when it's bigger, it's always the same crew. Mm. And then they do ask, oh, you had one of the bigger waves. How was it? Was it fun? Well done. So, yeah. Nice. Sounds like a great I mean, partner willing to tell you in. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I mean, yeah, it's good. He's so going to get his get life. <laughs> What's what's next for you? What's on the horizon other than this this swell coming in the next couple of days? Is there any plans, anything that you want to tick off the box, do other than more tow-ins and more big waves? Oh, I definitely want to surf as much big waves as possible. And at the moment, I'm just like preparing my body because mentally I'm ready for it, but mm. I'm just like doing all this healthy stuff and preparing exercising and stuff and then hopefully in a couple of years i'm thinking so every year or every two years hit another big wave spot so and then hopefully catch the wife and then yeah hopefully like jaws and then yeah all of them actually i just want to go around and then catch the wife and have fun (laughs) Nice. And what's the plan with your, just your regular everyday surf that comes through Australia, your typical, you know, waist to head high kind of surf. What are you working on in your surfing right now? Well, I just recently got a single fin. So I'm just, yeah, especially just connecting bottom turn, top turn, doing better turns. And then hopefully, I mean, my partner is going to film me anytime soon and then I can see if I have spray or not because I don't <laughs> look back. So I don't know if I do that or not. <laughs> so I yeah. just see the flow, which is better flow, you know, like, yeah. And So with your single fin, you'll be more in the pocket, taking the waves energy, as you said, connecting turns. It's a much slower turning arc compared to a thruster. Yes. And you can't push yes, too yes, hard yes. on them because you. I, I I ride my single fin and I I have a shortboard single fin and sometimes I just blow the fin out and it's the most aggravating experience because <laughs> every time I'm just like not again and you just face plant after blowing the fin out and I'm just like oh okay, fun, um, but yeah they're really good boards for, uh, yeah holding and drawing that cut back out and yeah as you said just looking back to the foam if you're trying to find that spray just don't even look at it you're kind of looking. Eye yeah. level up to that lip and just scanning it through that turn, looking through it till you find that lip. So, yeah, keep trying working through that. It'll be amazing to see. I'm especially jealous of that area of the world you're in as well. It's got a good, good number of waves and beautiful, beautiful place. But this is kind of your story that we wanted to get out and share. Is there anything else you wanted to add? to your story of big wave surfing and how you ended up in it and your excitement for it? Um, oh, I think it's all about following your heart and your dreams. And I mean, you really have to know yourself and learn about what you want. And then, you know, if big wave surfing is something for you or not. And I have to admit, for big wave surfing, it probably helps to have some screws loose. <laughs> but, <laughs> and, yeah. Well, one, one thing, actually, yeah. this is really curious. Um, there's a lot of people at the moment in my age, in the 30s, who are having kids. Um, I don't know if you've got kids yourself. No. Do you feel that if you had kids would that change your perspective on surfing? Because a lot of my friends have had this sudden self-preservation and they're now very worried about surf and they're now on the the tiny side because they just want to relax. Oh, 100%. Because a friend of mine, she just had a little baby and ever, I mean, first she's pregnant, so then she can't surf and then the first week she don't sleep well and then she pedaled out and she was constantly thinking she was going to get hurt mm. and then who would take care of the baby if she was going to get hurt and I think it's a common thing for parents I guess because yeah. if you get hurt who's going to look after the kids 
So, so does yeah, the, think... does that scare you more? I guess losing losing that kind of recklessness, abandon, and going for it, and having that self preservation, would that scare you? Oh, but I don't want to get kids. <laughs> okay, well that solves that problem. <laughs> <laughs> no, my partner and I both don't want to get kids, so that's no. pretty. That's not a op- that's not a problem for us because no, we just easy going. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, what does scare you? Then? Oh, yeah. Is there something that scares you? Is there a situation in surfing at the moment that scares you? Oh, I remember when I was just. I just arrived in Australia and I won't name the beach because just out of respect for the locals. But there was, oh, it'd be funny if you listen to it. Anyway, it's this old grumpy local and he drops in on all the tourists, takes all the waves, snakes around you, keeps doing it. But I didn't feel like I could drop in on him because even though it was my turn, and I, I didn't really want to speak up to him because normally I laugh to people. I say hello. I'm like, how are you? And if you laugh to him, he just like kind of looks at you and pedals on, you know, mm-hmm. one of those. And after a couple of months, I talked to one of the other locals and I'm just talking about him. And he and the local is like, oh, you just have to drop in on him when it's your turn. Otherwise, he's going to keep doing it and keep running over you and keep taking all the waves. And I'm like, you want me to drop in on him? I'm like, he's like, yeah, I'll keep watching from the beach. You do it. And I'm like, <laughs> so anyway, I didn't do it for the first phase, but I kept doing it and kept doing it. It was only like one bank breaking. So it, it just got so annoying. And I was like, I kind of like yell out, nah, it's my turn. So then I did pedal in in front of him and I kind of drop in and he just looked. And he's like, whoa. And then since then, he stopped doing it, actually. (laughs) So, because, I mean, that's what's, um, it's kind of intriguing or I don't know if that's the right word to the local surfers that are not friendly and keep snake and keep taking all the waves. I don't feel like I'm in a position to speak up because I wasn't Mm. born here. And It's only when other locals tell me that's what he does and he will keep doing it until you make a statement. And then it actually, in the end, after being there for two years, he he knew he couldn't do it anymore. Because once I fell next to him with, with a male and I fell next to him on his right, I'm like, it's a fair battle between us now. And he just <laughs>, laughs. He's like, Jesus. <laughs> so... Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely not having a local beach or like having family here or knowing people yeah. since being a child. That's a hard one because everybody knows each other in those small little towns. So you, mm. I wouldn't have done it if that one local didn't tell me to do it, you know. But mm. then again, I'm happy I did it because that's when I kind of like gain respect somehow. I don't know how, but... <laughs> No, look, any, he, yeah, yeah. That's a similar story for me here in England. I mean, I I don't have to drop in on him, but um, he's a very different old grumpy local, and he has every right to be. This the town has completely changed and now flooded with people who never grew up here, and it's just COVID. Everyone's escaping big cities, but uh, he's funny in that every time I paddle out especially when it's small where I am, it gets less swell. Everyone goes elsewhere and he paddles out with his partner and he's looking at me. He's like, shouldn't you young fellas be over at that other beach? And I'm like, yeah, but I live here. <laughs> we have this chat every like time we come out and he forgets me every time and then goes on and tells me how he's had all these different things and injuries and how, and I'm just like, what am I meant to do with this information? Am I meant to like waves or are you trying to guilt me to go somewhere else? I'm like, I live on the road here. So I'm like, yeah, okay. I just smile and nod at him and make nice comments. And I think, yeah, it's, it's always going to be there. Every beach has got someone like that. He's a lovely guy, but yeah, in the surf, it's hilarious. He just forgets me and always grills me. And I'm just like, you know, he's, he's, he's older and I'm younger and I've got more energy and he just watches me and I'm just like, oh, okay. Maybe I'll scale it back a bit. 
Anyways. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for your time. It's been amazing. It's it's sorry it's taking so long to finally catch up. Oh no, that's okay. Thank you for taking the time. No, no, and... my pleasure. That is my full interview with Melissa Kappas, part of the Ombi community. It's one hell of a story and one that she messaged back and realized she didn't get everything down that she wanted to say in terms of giving people the tips and how to improve. And she focused on just the things that excites her, but a lot of it can be taken away. And if you've listened to the full 50 odd minutes, I'm sure you've taken quite a few light bulb moments or inspiration from someone else who has only had, you know, they're in the single digits of working on their surfing or their entire surfing journey and finding ways to relax and enjoy the moments that they get. So if you've made it all this way through, next week is a very, very big week. It's potentially going to be have to be broken up. We'll see how long the episode comes through, but I'm going to be giving you a barrel riding masterclass. This is going to be some of the best tips you can take on how to get barreled or how to finally start getting barreled and how to improve the consistency, things that you can take away in training. So it's a really big episode. I'll see if I can compress it into one, but if it takes too long, I'll have to split it up into two. And if you've been enjoying these podcasts, it would mean a lot to us if you leave a review. You can leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. You can always find the show notes. We'll have a whole host of links if you want to read the written guides for every episode. If you want to find other guides that are not podcasts, you can do that through our website, onbi.co. You can search. There's over 200 guides there. If you want to improve your surf training, you can start a free 14-day trial, and that'll give you instant access to all of our coaching. That'll have our beginner structured training program, which is six sessions long. It'll have our intermediate 12 session program and you'll also have access to our monthly challenges where every month we dive into a new maneuver and give you structured training for beginners intermediates and advanced where you can also see the full back catalog of all the previous maneuvers and there's a new training added every month otherwise you can also download the community app it's completely free you can access everything else otherwise i will see you next time for the battle riding masterclass